welcome to the Union Hack, a podcast by Dave Ingay. All views of my own or those of my guests and don't necessarily represent the views of the organisations we're affiliated to. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the Union Hack, a podcast to allow me to talk to people about one of my favourite things, unions, and specifically the NEU. My first guest today is no exception. Welcome, Louise Atkinson. Hi, thank you. So, Louise, tell tell me a bit about yourself. Okay, um, I'm a primary school teacher. Um, I'm also governor of a secondary school. Um, I work in North Cumbria, Carlisle, beautiful city if you ever get a chance to visit. Um, I've got two children of my own, 14 and 15 currently. Um, and I've just recently been elected as junior vice president of the National Education Union. Wow. So you're the junior, national junior vice president? Yes, to take so, up that role from September. So what do we call you? Do I have to call you Madam President, Mom? So did you get uh, a special Louise, title? Louise will be fine. Uh, such, a, such an important person. Okay, so you're the junior vice president, not elect, obviously. Yeah. So well, tell me about that role. Um, what does it involve? Um, it involves representing the members with towards the leadership of the union. So sort of holding the leadership to account, if you like, ensuring that, that the members' mm-hmm. wishes are followed through and that our union's acting on, on what our members want. Why does that matter to just an ordinary person? A school, for example, in Carlisle could be, or Penrith, or could be anywhere really in the country. But why does, why does your role matter to them? Because I think it's very, very important that, that our, we are a member-led organisation. So um, we're there to support members, to represent members, to educate members. And if their voices are not being heard at the higher level of the union, then, then that's not being done successfully. Why did you decide to stand to, for such a, such a big position? Um, because I've absolutely loved all of the involvement that I've had with our trade union. Um, it's genuinely to me a family as as well as a trade union mm-hmm. um and i just wanted to get every, everything that i've done i've always wanted to get more involved and to do more and to get more involved and this just was the next step at the time i'll be really honest pe- people asked me to stand i hadn't considered it it's not something <laughs> that i thought of myself and a few people asked me and i started sort of thinking about it and thought actually yeah i, I might do it i might go for it I think it's important that people, if, if they have an opportunity and a chance and they think they can do a role, that they do put themselves forward and stand. Um, I didn't expect to win. I didn't expect to get elected. But I think the more people that stand for the roles, that again, that gives the membership more people to choose from and the opportunities to put people in places that they would like those people to represent them. OK, obviously you said you're a primary school teacher. Yes. So... How does that work? How does it work? You in September, you take up this role of national junior vice president. Um, how does that work alongside your your teaching commitment? Yeah, that's a really really good question, actually. So, um, I've always taught full time. I've been in the classroom full time up until last September. Um, so last year, I was elected to the national executive, and that was the first time that I'd taken up a national executive role with the National Education Union 
Um, and I was also elected to stand on the officers steering group. So mm -hmm. some of those meetings were on a Thursday through the week. And obviously teaching full time, there's, there's only so many days you can ask your head teacher for a day out to go to a union yeah. meeting. Um, so last Easter time, round about this time last year, the school were also consulting on informal redundancy processes um, due to the budget. So we needed to lose basically three teaching days across our school. So it was sort of similar time to me being elected and thinking there's another role here. Um, so basically I, I volunteered to drop to a 0.8 contract. Um, and that, that was obviously beneficial to the skill because it helped with the budget. And there was a couple yeah. of other members who were in, in, had different reasons, but they also dropped a day. Um, and it was obviously beneficial to me to enable me to, to fulfill the role on the national executive. So I currently teach four days a week, um, mm -hmm. Thursday being my day off, which we have. Um, so the national executive dates alternate between a Saturday and a Thursday. Mm -hmm. So I think there's five, five meetings a year that are on a Thursday for the National Executive and then the Officers Steering Group, every one of those meetings are on a Thursday. So I'm usually in London about once a month on a Thursday. Um, and as I say, that's, that's my day not teaching. So a lot of the union involvement that I've done prior to this year has, has been weekends, evenings, like, like a lot of our members do. Yeah. Um, so the junior vice president role, it, it's very similar to what I've been doing on the National Executive. It'll be the year that I will take the presidential office, um, hopefully. And this is all to be negotiated, but hopefully there will be um, some facilities time release that I could negotiate with the local authority and have some time out of school to fulfil that role because that's more of a full-time role. So it is a big step and a big decision. Yeah. Sort of like a secondment from, from my teaching role for a year, really. So obviously you're, you're junior, to junior to, to who? How does that work? Okay, so we elect um, our presidential cycle every two years. So we basically, mm -hmm. we, we elect two people and depending on who's got the most votes, so the person, so Daniel Cabedi, he got the most votes of the four people that stood this time. Yeah. So he's the senior vice president. So as from September, he will take the vice president role um, and I will be his junior vice president. And then the following year, he will step into the presidential seat and I will be then the um, senior vice president. And we will then in that year select the next two people that will step into that cycle. So it really stops us having those elections every single year. It means that we've yeah. kind of got we do it every other year. So you've got quite a wait before you... Uh... Before you the president. Yes, but you know, I think that might be quite good though. It gives me gives me more opportunity to prepare <laughs> and to and to, to get good at what I need to do. Excellent. Okay. So let's um you mentioned the officer steering group. So what's the officer steering group? What's that about? Okay, so um the national executive at the moment, I believe we've got 74 that sit on the national executive. And within so they represent different regions. Um, and then within that, we also have some officers. So we have our treasurer, we have our membership mm -hmm. equalities officer. And then the, pres the people that are on the presidential cycle are all also clusters as officers of the union as well. Um, so they meet as a group. And then within the national executive, we have strategy committees. So there's yeah. some different committees that look at different areas of our union. I'm on the union strength one, which is particularly interested in getting new members involved um, and growing our union, strengthening our union, as it, as, as it says in the name. Um, so the chairs of each one of those committees 
are also members of the officers steering group. Okay. And then there's space for three executive members to be elected onto that officer steering group. Um, so that's kind of in a way to help to get that that kind of real members voice up into the higher levels of the union and the office okay. of steering group that it's designed it's it's not a decision making body in any way um basically when things come to the executive or decisions that are to be made the role of the office of steering group really is to go through the agenda and to in some ways sort of divvy the work up really decide which strategy committee would be best to hear which piece of work um, sometimes we split the work over two two strategy committees or two or three strategy committees, but it's just you really sharing out the agenda to make sure that the executive runs smoothly. Okay, that sounds really interesting. It really is, helpful, yeah, yeah, it is. Really, really good explanation. Hopefully people uh, will, will listen to that and, and understand it a little bit more. Yeah. So I mean, go the right back, within... gone. Sorry, within this crisis, we've, we've had to, because the executive are unable to meet, the officer group have had to take on slightly different role within this crisis. But that's kind of what it's designed for and what it's there for as well. So you're the NEU equivalent of COBRA? <laughs> yes, exactly, yes. Going right back a um, few years, I suppose, why did you first get involved in union, which was the ATM? Just- yeah, yes, it? you know, it, that again, it, it came up on my time hop on my Facebook today and it's actually six years ago today I got elected to the first role ever within the union and it made me think a lot about how, why and how I first got involved. Um, so I was a teaching assistant prior to becoming a teacher and I worked in, in a beautiful, tiny little, um, really family orientated primary school in Carlisle. Mm-hmm. So when I decided to do my PGC and, and train to teach, I went through the school direct route um, and it, I was one of the first people within Cumbria Uni to take that route. So when I went to the Freshers' Fair um, and signed up to the unions, as most people do, and they're offering gifts, I, I remember I'd, I'd signed up to the NUT and hadn't signed up to ATL. And the lady that was on the desk was absolutely brilliant. She was like, oh, sign up to all of them and (laughs) see which one you like best and try them out. So I did. And I filled the form in. And and because I was school direct, I ticked the box. And I didn't know this at the time. But looking back now, I think they were looking for a spread of people to attend conference. So I I just got a random email. Would you like to come to national conference? Um, Seemed like something I'd be interested in doing. So I went along to national conference, which uh, this was ATL and it was in Liverpool at the time. Um, and I actually spoke at that first conference and and kicked off a bit of a uh, a bit of a debate. <laughs> on the That's the best way to be, honestly. Best yeah, way. I remember sitting back down and my friend next to me, she said to me, oh, this has been dull as dishwater until you got up to speak. And look what's <laughs> happened now. <laughs> um, but then so then we had... Um, Within ATL, we had the ATL Future Steering Group, which was mm-hmm. the new professionals group. Um, and, and that's the route that had been invited along. And they had a meeting and they were looking for people to, to be on their steering committee, basically. And put myself forward, was successfully elected and haven't really looked back since. So six years in your first meeting and now you're junior vice president. Yes, that's correct. Well, that just that just goes to show how open we are, and, and anyone can do it, I suppose. Absolutely. So, what was your? Did you start attending the local branch meetings? Um, I did after that, yes, and uh, yeah, 
being really honest, I think if those were the first meetings I'd attended, I, I possibly wouldn't have been sticking at it and where I am now. But um... <laughs> Interesting. So tell me about your first branch meeting. It's just some, some branch. It, there's a lot of business to get through, isn't there? You yeah, know, it's less of the sort of strategy and less of discussing the real crooks and fundamentals of, of education and much more about who's paying what bill and who's attended what casework. And um, so, yeah, things that are important, but they're not quite as they're not quite as exciting, are they? Yeah. And I think I think some some branches and districts get used to doing the same, the same, the same and, and maybe not quite, you know, it, to somebody to go to a meeting where everybody else knows the routine and knows exactly what's happening and it's been the same thing for many, many years, it, it can be a little bit daunting. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. But they, so, I mean, they were very welcoming. They were very welcoming. So this was the ATL in Carlisle? Cumbria, yes. Cumbria, Cumbria ATL. Ah, and you're a University of Cumbria alumni as well? I am indeed, yes, yes. Uh, It was the first um, university campus experience. I did did my degree through the Open University, so I'd never actually been to university as a building before before I did my PGCA. Once about you said five times a year, you go down to London. Must be very different going from uh, Carlisle down to down to London. It is. It's it's absolutely amazing. um, I'm a very very busy person, but I love it because I have. The roles that I have are very, very different. Um, mm-hmm. I'm also city councillor for Carlisle as well. So I, very different hats and very different situations to be in. Um, a couple of, mo- couple of weeks ago, I think just before the lockdown, I remember being in London um, at an officers group meeting, having a, a very kind of um, sort of city-based lunch in the centre of London, feeling very yeah. cosmopolitan. And, um, and then I'd come back up to Carlisle and I think we'd had, we'd had a Labour Party meeting in one of the local working men's clubs. And um, I was offered tickets for a meat raffle and tried to talk into <laughs> playing table bowls. And I thought, oh, <laughs> what? And then the next day, back in the classroom, playing the clown with the uh, eight and nine-year-olds. I thought, what, what a strange life sometimes. <laughs> But then that's that's why that's union life sometimes, isn't it? You you wear different hats at, at different times. Yes, absolutely, and it keeps it interesting. It keeps it exciting. Keeps everything exciting and interesting. Yeah, I know for my roles, one minute I'm sending out an email to my members telling them about the latest things the union are doing. The next minute I'm in school and I say acting the clown, being the fool, and yeah. making the children laugh. Yeah, but I think that's really really important. I think it's very important that the people who are working for our union involved in our union you know doing those jobs sending emails out talking to members are are also teaching in the classroom support staff working with young people you know whether they're in a college or a primary school I think it's really important that they are involved in education as well as being involved in the union yeah so that's the key thing you are the you're going to have a big role in September as, as the vice president you do things of national executive but you are still a teacher you still teach Absolutely. most of the time Te- education's changed I mean I, I've, I've only been qualified for six years myself and when I look back to when I started teaching and and the the things that I was expected to do and it's very different now to when I started so things change so quickly so it's it's really important I think that you're still involved regularly in the classroom yeah so just a, a 
last couple of questions. Okay. So, um, what's the best bit about your union role? What's the thing you most enjoy about your union role? Oh, if I'm really honest, it's the people. But being around the, the other people that are involved in the union. Okay. Any downsides to it, would you say? Um, my family miss me sometimes, mm. I think. Um, I think they do get a little bit frustrated that I spend so much so much of the time that I'm not teaching. I'm away from home doing union stuff. So I think that's that's the major downside for me, really. But you have you, you really enjoy it. Would you recommend? Oh, to, to absolutely. Get... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. One hundred percent. It's 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 changed my career it's changed my personal life for the better it's changed me as a person and I I feel like I am making a difference as well which is you know a, a really good thing to do. Excellent Louise it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you I've really enjoyed our conversation today. Yes so have I we've been fra- Facebook friends for a long time it's great to actually get to speak to you. <laughs> Talk to each other it's almost a dying art people just message People, someone asked you to call them the other day. I was like, you want to call you on the phone? Yes, Just, yeah, yeah. What's that about? So, yeah, that's uh, sometimes in these unprecedented times, everyone calls them. But, yeah, maybe people are connecting in different ways again. So, maybe it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. But Louise, Madame, Junior Vice President of the National Education Union, thank you so much for talking to me on the Union Hack podcast. Thank you very much, Dave. Take care. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And if you did, don't forget to subscribe. That way you're never going to miss an episode. And while you're at it, do please rate and review the podcast. And also share it with your friends and colleagues so we get the message out there. And lastly, if you've got any suggestions about future interviews or you just want to get in contact with me, you can email me, theunionhack at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook at theunionhack or on Twitter at the Union Hack. See you next time.